Happy Monday and welcome to episode 20 of the Search with Canada podcast recorded on Sunday the 28th of July 2019. My name is Mark Williams-Cook from Canada and I'm here to help you navigate the world of search. Some micro-announcements I want to kick off today's episode with. Two weeks ago in episode 18, I spoke about the problems some users were reporting with Google My Business short names in that when these users were actually selecting their short name, which is a a fairly new feature in Google My Business that allows you to specify kind of a friendly URL for your for your profile page rather than the long URLs it generates. So when users were doing this, they were finding their accounts were being suspended. There were quite a few people reporting this uh, on Twitter and different forums, and Google hadn't made any kind of statement about it. Before that episode, on the 11th of July, I reached out to the Google My Business team and asked them, can you confirm there is an issue with short names? Seeing lots of people saying their GMB listing is vanishing after adding one and reappearing after removing it. And I didn't hear anything, so we recorded episode 18. And actually this last week on Wednesday the 24th, I did get a reply from the Google My Business team. They said, Hi Mark, thanks for reaching out. We appreciate your patience as we've recently had an increase in volume. I I bet you have. Our engineering team has confirmed that there was a technical issue connected to short names that is in progress of being fixed. If, however, you are still experiencing the issue after 48 hours, please reply here with your dashboard URL. It's a little bit of a confusing message because it says that the engineer team confirmed there was a technical issue but then it says that it's in progress of being fixed so i would possibly still wait before selecting your short name if you haven't already as it does seem that there is still an issue and i expect google will hopefully this time do an announcement once they're sure that that is fixed Uh, the second thing is if you were around doing seo sort of eight, seven, eight years ago, around 2011, you probably would have seen Matt Cutts, who is or was Google's ex-head of web spam, did videos on YouTube on the Google Webmasters channel, offering kind of snippets of advice to webmasters and SEOs. And in the last week, we've seen John Mueller has taken up that mantle uh, in this capacity, at least. So, John, I mean, John is really helpful anyway to the SEO community, does Webmaster Hangouts, and seems to somehow find time to answer everyone's questions on Twitter as well. But there is now a set of videos appearing on YouTube uh, under hashtag Ask Google Webmasters. And John Mueller's done the first video. I'll put a link to it in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. And that talks about a specific question they had around, is it okay, is it good for webmasters to link out to other websites? So it's probably a really good source to subscribe to if you're fairly new to SEO and you want to be drip-fed some advice. As usual, I said, the link for that will be in the show notes. 
And lastly, before we move on to our main part of the show around Google Ads ROI, there there does appear to have been another Google update, another one that's exactly what we want as SEOs, like another update. We're getting hit by kind of a combo of punches over the last few weeks. So this is being dubbed uh, for reasons I can't even be bothered to go into the Maverick update. And it appears to have taken effect on the 18th of July. And it, I think it's worth mentioning because multiple tools have, have tracked this. So across Mozcast, uh, Metrics, Advanced Web Ranking, Zaki Ranker, Rank Ranger, SEMrush, or SEMrush, depending on how you want to say it, uh, there's been a huge spike in volatility in search results, meaning they've all tr- all these tools that monitor search results have seen some sites go up, some sites go down, big fluctuations in rankings on that day. Uh, SEMrush itself rates this volatility on a 0 to 10 scale across 25 different categories. And if you remember when we discussed the June core update, we spoke about the two or three categories that we saw had been mainly impacted from from SEMrush. And that was really nicely aligning what with what webmasters were reporting. With this uh, Maverick update, we have seen huge volatility over all 25 categories. So the average 0 to 10 is 8.7 across all categories in SEMrush. However, I didn't want to give a big uh, segment for it on this episode because there's been no comment from Google, no official stance from Google. There hasn't really seemed to be much consistency in what webmasters are saying about sites, the types of sites that are affected or types of factors or techniques. Uh, Ironically, when I was researching this, I had seen quite a few positive reports of this update on Black Hat World, which is uh, a forum. Obviously, people tend to discuss Black Hat techniques and a lot of people there at least were saying that they had seen an increase in traffic somewhat ironically. And I think we'll probably do an episode soon where we'll talk about Black Hat SEO again and actually look at um, hacking and how you can prevent and detect if your site's kind of being hijacked by Black Hat SEOs. Because it's something I came across, uh, I I do come across regularly and actually helped a friend of mine with recently when they realised that their site title and stuff had changed in Google, but their site looked fine. So we'll probably do an episode about how to detect if your site's been secretly hacked but looks okay. What we actually want to talk about, what we're here to talk about mainly, though, is getting a return on investment, an ROI, positive ROI from Google Ads, and why that is so hard. We're going to hear from a friend of mine called Sean Clark, who is an incredibly experienced Google Ads professional that's worked on some really big brands over many, many years. Sean was kind enough to to speak at our first ever Search Norwich meetup event about how to get a return on Google Ads and why it's so difficult and why so many people fail to get a return from their Google Ads. And he focuses a lot on the process being it's a lot more than just keywords, ad copy and bidding, which is what a lot of people just focus on, they fixate on. And Sean talks about how to 
win a return with ads, you need to open it up and think about the whole user experience and the whole relevance of what you're doing. You can see the video of Sean's talk and we've got a copy of his slides up with the transcription of this whole show at search.withcanda.co.uk and I hope you enjoy it. We're going to talk about AdWords tonight. We're going to talk about uh, return on investment, but more importantly, we're going to talk about um, Google and what it's doing in Google Brain. Um, the famous quote from John Wanamaker, you've probably seen this in different versions from time to time. This is the real version, I'm told. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Trouble is, I don't know which half. Now, John Wanamaker was known uh, uh, in the 1900s as a leading marketeer, and even he couldn't tell what was making him money and what wasn't. Um, he, he ran a series of retail outlets that um, eventually turned into, into Macy's. So that was the 1900s. Then we come into the 2000s and the age of digital, 1999 when I first started in it. And there was the dream. We could measure everything. Everything was a click, everything had a cost, and we could see it coming out the other end. Or was it really just one really bad B-movie? Because then we had a good old friend, ROI. This is what everyone wanted. This was the major trick in the bag. If we understood what our ROI, ROI was, and if we could actually say it, um, we'd all go home happy. Put in one pound, get out 10 pound. And it's really, really simple, ROI. So why do most of us end up like this? not being able to get an ROI from AdWords. Simple, isn't it? You put an ad up, you pay a certain amount of money for an ad, click through, come to your website, make a purchase, you either make money or you don't, so you adjust things so that you can make money. Surely that's how it should work. But anyone that's been doing this any amount of time will know it just doesn't work like that. In fact, one of the problems is and I'm going to read this. I've tried to memorise this, but I can't. You need to worry about your prior communality estimates and your egg wine value of the reduced correlation matrix. And that's the problem. Because there are three factors which will be retained by the proportion criterion. And if you get those three factors right, you're good. Really? Um, no, actually. It's nothing to do with rubbish like that. It's nothing to do with any one thing on its own, actually. ROI in AdWords is a combination of relevance and user experience. And this is why people fail so often, is because they just don't get it. They focus on keywords, or they focus on their ad copy, or they'll look at their landing page and go, we've got the perfect place, they must want to buy this. You've got to put the three together. You've got to get that relevance right to your audience. And then you've got to give them the experience that they're expecting when they click on your ad. And this is what Google measures. They don't give a damn, really, how much you want to pay for the keyword or anything like that, or how good your ad copy is. They want the overall user experience to be wrapped up and users to be happy because if they make users happy, users come back to Google and that's why they're so successful. 
And this is what they call quality score. Okay. Uh, any of you running AdWords campaigns at the moment? Thank God for that. <laughs> so you will have hopefully seen screens like these. Hopefully more of the ones like on the left that gives you a 10 out of 10 rather than the ones on the right where the quality score is 4 out of 10. So here and here. Um, these ads are both running. They're both live. As it's saying, these ads are showing now, but one has a higher quality score. Um, but why should that matter? If they're both running, that's fine, right? Well, maybe not so much. And the reason say maybe not so much, because a company called Wordstream, um, they do uh, uh, AdWords management tool. It's quite expensive, but it is really good. Um, one of the advantages they have is they have lots and lots of AdWords data coming through their system. So they could do great reports like this, which shows the cost per conversion against the quality score. And what you can actually see here is in the main, there are exceptions. There's always exceptions when it comes to online. In the main, the higher your quality score, the lower your cost per conversion. And this is why a lot of people aren't getting an ROI from their AdWords. It's because their quality score is rubbish. Because they're not thinking about the end user, they're thinking about themselves. Thinking about how we can be number one in the search and things like that, rather than improving user experience um, and the overall workings of their website and their ads. So that's the problem. This is where you need to get. But how do we get there? Well, any geek knows that the answer is, of course, 42. And if you didn't get that, then sorry. Um, but no, the real answer is test, test, test. And another hero of mine, Claude Hopkins, from the 1900s, wrote a book in 1923, um, Scientific Advertising. It's required reading in my company, isn't it, Hussein? <laughs> but this book um, is one of the first about advertising from a scientific perspective. It's well worth a read. Um, you find it on Amazon, 99p as a Kindle book, um, at the bit.ly link there. And it is relevant to today, because even back in his day, they were doing testing. They would send out mailers in various formats and see which one gave them a return and which one performed better. And it really is all about testing. I can't tell you what the answer is to the perfect ad and the perfect quality score, but you can test it. Guess what? Google gives you free tools to do the testing as well. And they put them in nice places, like actually in AdWords. The first one on the left um, is Google Experiments within AdWords, and you can literally test loads of stuff in there, see which works. And then on the right, we've got Google Optimizer, uh, which allows you to put a little bit of script in your website so you can make changes, non-technical changes, to your website and see what performs better. Okay? And these are some of the tests we've run, and you can see some of, the, some of the winners and losers. You'll see it better in the video afterwards. Anyway, it's just to show you the tools. You won't be able to read this either. Um, don't put loads of text on PowerPoint slides. People can't read it and won't. 
But that's all the things you can test. So you can test budgets, cost per acquisition targets, display ads, ad text, all of those things. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's just Google experiments, uh, AdWords experiments. With Google Optimizer, you can go one better and you can do A-B testing. You can do the redirect test where you send people to one page to another, see what happens. And you can even go the whole hog and do these multivariant tests which will send you bananas with all the combinations. So once you've ended up like a mad scientist like me, how could you possibly, in a normal company, run and manage all of those tests? Well, up to now, that's basically what we've had to do to get good returns out of AdWords. And honestly, if you run some standard tests in a controlled way, in a good manner, you'll get there. But you know what Google's like. They've always got an answer to these things. In 2011, and this is a real thing, go to g.co forward slash brain um, to find out more, they launched a, a thing called Google Brain. And the idea of Google Brain was to make machines intelligent so that they can improve people's lives. That's actually you know, what they believe. Um, so they're doing all of this automation, all of this artificial intelligence, uh, self-driving cars, all of the things with clever things with photos. But what they're also doing is they're using this technology in their prime money generator, uh, AdWords, basically. And it's available now to all of us. It saves us doing all of that user testing. In fact, um, their Google Brain tool, their AI tool called TensorFlow, is available open source, and anyone can go and have a play with it if you could ever work it out. But let's go through some of the things that they've actually released and you can use um, today with a few caveats. But So one of the absolutely amazing things, we'd never thought that they would get here and, and do this. Uh, messing about with numbers is one thing, but playing with text is another. There's a, a saying about give enough monkeys a go and one of them will come up with the works of Shakespeare. But really, they've got all the monkeys in the box here. They're actually writing ads. So has anyone had any ad suggestions come through? Yeah, yeah, a few of you. Um, they're, they're actually looking at the text within ads, seeing what's working, compiling ads themselves, and then putting them in your ad accounts. Thankfully, they're notifying you about them before they do it, so you can turn them off if you think they're, they're not right. But some of these actually win. They beat the human version of the ad, and it is really scary. You know, some of my guys are worried about whether they're going to have a job by the time Google have finished. Um, but this is automated. This is artificial intelligence at, in real practice. Um, the next one is dynamic search ads. Uh, dynamic search ads are a great little module. Um, you can get some really low-cost clicks and really good conversion on these, but you don't tend to get um, much in the way of volume at the moment unless you've got a huge site. What dynamic search ads do, they look at all of the content on your website, look at all of the ad words you're bidding on, all the keywords you're bidding on, and all the ads you've got, and then look for the gaps. They look for things that people are searching for that are relevant to you, that you're not advertising, and then they'll go and create ads for you and bid for you 
and, um, and hopefully send you traffic. And basically, you write a couple of little descriptions for your ad, and then they'll make up the headline to suit what the searcher's going for. And they're doing that testing for you and dynamically serve those. And then the next one is responsive search ads. These little animals are brilliant. Um, if you've ever written a, a, a Google ad, you'll know that you'll get told off quite a lot if you use too many exclamation marks, well, if you use more than one. But as you might be able to see here, that they don't apply the rules to themselves. And this bottom ad has actually not only got two exclamation marks, it's got a full stop as well. But they'll, they'll do it. And what you do, you basically put all the headlines you can think of um, in the form on the left-hand side. Um, you put as many variations as, as you like, different link variations, and it will basically make thousands and thousands of versions of these ads and keep showing them until it finds the ones that work. And then you can go and turn off certain ones, take out bits of ad copy, and put new bits in. So Google really hard at work um, trying to create dynamic ads for you. It gets better than that, though. Because then we've got smart display campaigns. This is a fairly recent uh, release. It's been tested for a while. Um, Toyota have had a play with it and had some success. This one really takes some getting used to, especially if you're um, delicate about your brand. You give Google a load of images, obviously relevant images to what you want to, um, want to be found for, and you give them some wording that goes with those images and a landing page to send them to. Okay? It will then look at your whole ad account and your website and rather than what you'd normally do with display ads, you would go and select your audience carefully. You might go and do your, um, your Experian data and see where your A1s and BCs are and everything like that and how old they are and where they live. But you don't need to. Google does all of that for you. It will work out literally making millions of versions of your ads and it will work out who's more likely to interact with your ads and, and, and perform better. And Toyota, there's, there's quite a few um, case studies if you go and look this up, but Toyota got some fantastic results with 40% of all their display conversions coming from these, display, these smart display campaigns um, and getting a 33% lower cost per acquisition as well. And that's from display. And there's not a lot of people that really get um, huge benefits from display. Just absolutely amazing. Um, then we've got smart bidding. So if you didn't think like making ads was enough, now they'll actually decide how much you should bid for certain things. Um, and they'll actually decide the bid at the moment. So it will vary all the time and they will use, if you turn on smart, smart bidding, you'll also get access to external data, things like location, the operating system maybe that are on, um, whether it's an app. Uh, type of browser, the actual search query, uh, all different things will be taken into account to adjust the bid at the right moment, at the right time, and you don't have to do anything. So there's no more going in and adjusting your bids and bid management anymore. That's another job gone. Um, then we have data-driven attribution. I actually love this one. I try to get every client I can on it, but you need quite a bit of data um, to, to be able to move them across. 
If you're aware of how um, Google Analytics works, it's actually quite painful because it works on a model which is the left-hand side one at the bottom there called last interaction or last click. So basically, if I come to your website via an organic search and, and I don't buy, and then I come back to your website via a Facebook ad and then I buy, the Facebook ad will get the credit but not the organic search that introduced me in the first place. That's last click interaction. And that plays hell when you're trying to work out ad budgets and you're using AdWords, for example, to build a brand and build awareness, and then everyone starts buying everything by coming in on the brand name. And the client's going, well, if it's that simple, we'll just run ads under our name and you can go away. Um, but no, it's not that simple because people don't just come and buy, go and buy. Um, they interact in many ways. And you may or may not be able to see here, but if you look at the paid search, on the left-hand side, last interaction, we have 1.6 million conversions for paid search. Importantly, the data-driven attribution, which is Google going, well, those people came in over here, over here, and a little bit there, and a bit of this also contributed, got two, two million. So it's 400,000 more uh, attributions going towards paid search. And that makes a lot of difference when you're making decisions about which campaigns to turn off and which not. So you can drill down to even keywords in this view. Um, this is a view actually from Google Analytics rather than in AdWords. So data-driven attribution is absolutely awesome because it's taking the whole picture into account when it comes to marketing and gives you much more power in the boardroom um, when it comes to bidding on brand especially. And then we have this little buddy that come out of the cupboard a few weeks ago, in-market audiences for search. Now we've always had in-market audiences for display. That's where you can market to people that are in your sphere of, of interest in your sector. The difference with searches is we've got Mark and Michelle. They've both done a search for a MacBook Pro 13-inch. In normal circumstances, they look equal. Same person, I'll bid the same, pound each. Within market audiences, Google has seen what Michelle's been up to over the last couple of weeks and noticed that she started searching for new laptops at some point. And then on Google Chrome, she went and had a look on the Apple Store at the MacBook models. <coughs> and then she did a few more queries about MacBook versus MacBook Pro, and then looked at MacBook specs. And then all of a sudden, she's looking at MacBook prices. So when she types in MacBook Pro 13 inch, I'm gonna pay five pound for that click. Because I know she's buying. Mark could just be looking for a replacement battery, he'd be lucky, a uh, replacement power supply for a MacBook Pro. So we don't know what Mark wants, he's not in context, but Michelle is. So these in-market audiences for search, the audience is quite small at the moment that they're building, are going to be very, very important because they're going to be hyper-focused. As you could probably tell, I'm quite excited by all of this. Um, so we've got all our little elves working really, really hard at the North Pole, but us adults have got to, you know, got to have something to do, surely, please. Um, but I'm excited for what's coming next. Um, and this really says it all, is, is intelligence. 
in your Google Analytics dashboard, you'll probably start to see now um, on the right-hand side these intelligence stats coming up telling me that my in-market segment for this particular client uh, has grown 60%. It would have done, wouldn't it? It's May, um, you know, it's, it's, it's May, April time. This time of year, it's going to grow. But stats like that now coming through, advising you of things that you, you can do. Um, we've got just last week, think I did these slides um, a couple of weeks ago, but just last week for smaller businesses, uh, there's AdWords Express on steroids, basically, which is AdWords will create ads for you, even potentially create landing pages for your ads for you if you will give it the money and let it get on, and that's for small businesses. So it's really, really serious stuff out there, but don't worry, Google Brain's got it handled and it will eventually rule the world. Um, but at least you'll be sane and not have to do all those tests. Go and look some of these up. They are really, really great. That was Sean Clark from Clark St. James talking at the first Search Norwich event, which you can find out more about at searchnorwich.org. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. You can, as always, get the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk if you want to see Sean's talk on video or get a copy of the slides. My name is Mark Williams-Cook, and I hope you have a fantastic week.